you're tuning in to Crow Point Magari Podcast, where it's all about relationships. We exist to glorify God by making disciples in the spirit of love. You are currently listening to our series titled, Jesus on the Move. Good morning, everybody, and welcome again to Grow Point. And if nakadali for the very first time, we are so happy to see you here to worship with you. And we, are, we will continue sa atong study on the book of Mark. We are now in chapter 11 and we will look at verses 12 hangtod sa verse 26. This series is entitled Jesus on the Move. As we can read and observe the gospel in Mark, Jesus was constantly on the move from one place to the other, from one group of people to the next, doing miracles, teaching, preaching about the kingdom of God, he was constantly meeting with people, constantly pointing them to himself and to God. He was the Savior, the suffering servant king who came not to be served, but to serve, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And as we start sa ato nga message karambuntaga, I know nga nakakita na mo bata, nga kanang tawag na to, spoiled good kaya nga pagkabata. I know nga naka-observe na muna, siguro inyong kagaling kong anak, or inyong pagmangkon, or inyong apo, okay? or anak sa inyong kauban, sa inyong kaila, sa inyong parente. Nakakita na tag-unsay unsay, uh, lihok sa bata nga spoiled. Gana, nasa dulaan nga ganahan niyang kuhaon kayang iyang dulaan. Unya, kung dili gani mo function in the way nga ganahan niya, saan niya? Yang ilabay, masuko siya. Okay? Nasa ganahan kaunon, unya, dili ihatag, Mag, magkuha ng bata, maghasul. Okay? Maghisigi ba naghilak, muyaka ba na siya diya, ugunsa ang iyang buhaton. And, sa kadaghanan sa mga tao nga nakabasaan yung passage nga itong basahon karon, ron, itong pagkatunan ka ron, na ilang imagination sa gibuhat ni Jesus Christ. Nga si Jesus daw, murado siya spoiled child. That when he wanted to eat something because he was hungry and find no fruit in that tree, in response, he cursed the tree. But I hope and pray na dilipod uh, ingunana ka mubo ang atong panglantaw ni Kristo. Makita po nato sa passage when we carefully look at it this morning that there was an intention nga nung gibuhat to ni Jesus Christ. He is going to use that tree to bring across a message of what he was about to do at the temple. And through the years, critics have offered explanations and reasons to reject the account of Jesus' cursing of the fig tree in Mark chapter 11, verse 12 to 14. In fact, na popular kayong uh, New Testament scholar, ang yung si T.W. Manson, who wrote this. He said, It is a tale of miraculous power Wasted in the service of ill temper, for the supernatural energy employed to blast the unfortunate tree might have been more usefully expressed in forcing a crop of figs out of season. And as it stands, it is simply incredible. Para sa iya ha, usika sa divine power nga gigamit ni Jesus to curse a tree nga wala lamunga kay dili papod season sa pagpamunga sa fig tree. Para niya, why not use unta katunga power to force this tree to produce the figs that he desired to eat? Kay total, 
na mas divine power, mas useful paunta. Well, that's what he said. Si Joseph Klosner in his book, Jesus of Nazareth, calls it, and I quote, a gross injustice on a tree which was guilty of no wrong but had performed its natural function. So, sa, even mga scholars, uh, while I was studying and I was reading through some of their comments on this particular passage, on this miracle that he performed with Jesus, by the way, just for us to know, this is the only miracle that Jesus ng negative ang iyang result. A lot of times when Jesus miracle, uh, performed a miracle, it's life-giving. It's life-restoring. It's life-transforming. Okay? Uh, it's producing something beneficial. At this particular instance, ang milagro ngayang gibuhat, negative ang effect. Nalawos gud ang uh, kahoy, sugod sa iyang gamot, hangtod na gud sa kinatumian niyang uh, uh, sanga. Nalawos siya after one day. This is the only miracle nga negative ang effect. Now, as we carefully look at this section of the Gospel of Mark in verse 12 to 26, makita nato again ang gitawag, I mean, ang style ni Mark of writing, ang gitawag og sandwich technique or the bracketing technique ni Mark. He would begin with the cursing of the, of the fig tree and then he would uh, share with us what happened when Jesus entered the temple and then he would end that section by giving the lessons from the cursing of the fig tree. So, gisandwich niya ang nahitabo dito sa temple with a fig tree at the beginning and the, about the fig tree at the end as well. Kuha ninyo, morigimin o bracketing technique ni Mark or sandwich technique ni Mark to convey a message clearly to his readers what he was about to point out about the life and the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ as he presents Jesus in his gospel. And kininga technique will help us understand kininga puzzling um, nga, nga parable or nga encounter or miracle. Okay, dagan kayong nagamit ani for, I mean, dagan makamakatonan good. Kumulantaw ka, any passage of scripture, you can learn a lot. But we have to be fair to its context. As a, as a Bible uh, student, kitang tanana, Bible student, as we study the Bible, ang atong desire should be unsa may intention, unsa may gitinguha nga i-convey sa author sa iyahang gisulat. Formally speaking, or ang mga scholars nga mutulo na ito, gitawag hermeneutics, which is the science of studying the scripture, would tell us that we need to look for the authorial intent of the passage. What was the original intention of God through the author? Okay, The original message that He wanted to convey. And that's what we will try by God's grace to do in this study. The fig tree incident in verses 12 to 14 and then in verses 20 to 26 Gisandwich nila ang temple incident in verse 15 to 19. And ang akong format normally, akong girambol because I wanted to communicate to you today. I did not stick with my normal way of preaching, okay, homiletically. I want to do away with that. And so, <clears throat> I want to help us 
understand this very important subject. I hope that your hearts are ready because we will have some self-evaluation at the end of this message. So what we will do is we will look at what happened in the temple when Jesus entered in and masabta na to nganong motoy iyang gibuhat sa fig tree. And then we will cap it up with the lessons about the withering of the fig tree after Jesus cursed it. But before that, I just want to set this sa to mga una I'll give you the main idea of this section, just to have a guide. The main idea is this, that Jesus is the Savior for all nations without barriers. And you will understand why I say that. Ang point ng passage is simply si Mark talking to the Gentile readers, primarily Romans. Kininga gospel was intended for the Romans primarily. Ang iyang minsahi, kabayan ni Kristo, is this, nga si Kristo mao ang manluluas sa tanang Classic daw, tanang people groups of all the nations without barriers. Without barriers. And I tried to look for a picture of the temple at the time of Jesus, which was commonly called Herod's Temple. Kaya rebuild naman siya after siya naguba. So that natay mental picture of the orientation dito sa templo nga gisudlan ni Jesus Christ. We will show that at the appropriate time. Now, na ay mga interpretations, common interpretations of this section sa Gospel of Mark na akong i-share sa inyo. There are some scholars who said that Jesus, when He cursed the fig tree, and then when He entered the temple and overthrew the money changers' table, and giabog niya ang mga tao who were buying and selling the animals for the sacrifices, Ang ilahang interpretation is that Jesus was engaging in an act of insurgency that hopes to spark a revolution or a revolt. But that is unlikely. Sa kadako sa temple, can, can we show that? Yes, that, that's the picture of the temple in Herod's, uh, Herod's temple, commonly called. Sa kadako sa templo, kay naay square, um, i-click, yes. Kaya siya, muna siya gitawag og uh, Fortress Antonia or Antonia's Fortress. That would be the vantage point where the Roman soldiers and the temple police na ay naka-assign din na to oversee what's happening during the, the, fest, the festival. Remember, they were moving towards the Passover and people from different places have been traveling and coming into the temple to offer their sacrifices for the atonement of their sins. So, daggan kini mga tao, and that area will be filled. And, sige, click pa, kaya napakoy lang ipakita. Alright. Kining duwa ka section din sa kilid, mone gitawag og the Gentiles Court, or the Court of the Gentiles. Din ha, aragid na kutob ang mga Gentiles, sa mga non-Jewish people. And then, kanang nai arrow down, that's what we call the barrier. Okay? The barricades nga ilahang giset up, Gentiles, diha ragid mukuto. You cannot go beyond that point to enter the temple proper. Now, if tinood ang ilang gingon nga ang pagpangyabo ni Jesus, which was commonly believed to be in the court of the Gentiles, na din ay mamaligi og hayop, na din ang mga money changers, kay lain-lain mag-currency ang gigamit nila. So, pagabot nila sa temple, in order for them to 
by the prescribed animals. By the way, strict kayong Jewish sacrificial system. Dapat ang imong animal is intacto and without blemish. So kinalang silang magpa bail og kwarta. Maraba ka og foreigner ka uh, sa laing nasod, kumuato ka og Malaysia. Ang imong peso, kinalang nimo ipa-exchange sa ilahang currency. Kumuato ka og lugar nga dollars ang gigamit imong pailisda nimong peso parang nakakay dollars in order for you to buy stuff okay in order for you to buy things that's what they did and by the way gi allow gid na siya gitugutan gid na nga naa sila ang ilhang presensya sa um, ana nga area did not defile the temple at all now if tinuod nga ang gibot ni Jesus was just you know, an act of insurgency to provoke the anger, okay, of the Jewish religious leaders so that naay revolt nga may tabo, then ang mga police on ta'ato, nga makakita on ta'dayon, kay naaman sila sa, you know, uh, Fortress Estonia, Antonia, Galantaw, uh, maka-intervene on sila dayon. So makita ni mo nga wala may nag-intervene, meaning to say, by way of implication, dili just gani yung unana kadaku ang hugyaw nga nahimu ni Jesus. Sa kalapad sa lugar, ningon ng mga scholars, to give us a mental picture, mga, you know, at least four to five ball fields ang area. Ing anak kadako, ingon anak kalapad. And Jesus was just in one section, okay, and di, ang mga money changers yung giyabo. So naay kasikas ani, but people on the other side did not even know, probably. But he was trying to convey a message. Another is this, nga ang pagka, ang gibuhato ni Jesus in His righteous indignation over the flagrant abuses, Jesus acted to reform the temple. That's another interpretation. Ang ilang unauna nga, na ay reforma ganahang buhaton si Kristo sa pamalakad dito sa templo. They say that the buyers and the sellers were hindering Gentile worship on the outer court. But the outer court, interestingly, was not viewed as the place for Gentiles to worship. Instead, it was the only place where they could go and could not go beyond it. Gentiles were not allowed to enter the temple proper. There were barricades, as I pointed out, surrounding the sanctuary and naapunay mga warning signs cautioning them that if you as a Gentile will go beyond, ang penalty would be death. Nabatay passage to support that. Remember what happened to Paul? In Acts chapter 21, if naman may Biblia, Acts chapter 21, verse 27 to verse 30. Naglagot ang mga hudiyo sa gibuhat ni Paul. And this is what they said. If you have a Bible, ito kag Acts 21, 27. Now, let me begin with verse 26. Then Paul took the men, and the next day, having been purified with them, entered the temple to announce the expiration of the days of purification, at which time an offering should be made for each one of them. Now, verse 27, When the seven days were almost ended, the Jews from Asia, seeing him in the temple, stirred up the whole crowd and laid hands on them, crying, crying out, Men of Israel, help! This is the man who teaches all men everywhere against the people, the law, and this place. And furthermore, listen to this, he also brought Greeks or Gentiles into the temple and has defiled this 
holy place. For they had previously seen Trophimus, the Ephesian with him in the city, whom they supposed that Paul had brought into the temple. And all the city was disturbed, and the people ran together. They seized Paul and dragged him out of the temple. And immediately the doors were shut. Ingunana sila ka stricto. Kung dili ka hodiyo, musulod ka sa temple proper, you will be stoned to death. You will be dragged out. They could not kill Paul because Paul was a Jew. But they dragged him out of the, of, of the temple and shut the door before him. He was not allowed to come. Kaya nga naman, naaman siya yung mga Gentiles nga gidala. An efficient believer. Yahang gidala ni doon sa sulod. Okay? But later on, we realize what Paul did was actually consistent with God's purpose for the temple. As we will later understand. So that's the second interpretation. The third interpretation of this act of Jesus at the temple is that Jesus is concerned for the temple's purity. Similar sa atong gibasa sa Acts chapter 21. It assumes that Jesus is protesting because the temple has become a crooked business, defrauding worshippers, taking advantage and making a lot of money. See, Richard Bockham said this, and I quote, Jesus may have objected to the way the financial side of the sacrificial system was run. And then considering the reaction of the crowd when they were astonished at his teaching, some say they have enthusiastically applauded what they saw Jesus. Na excited sila nga, wow, finally, naanay ni laban na mo. Kana silang mga money changers, ilang ipang usop ang rates, para nga amo ang kwarta, magamay ang value. Kana, sige pa! Ipangyabo na sila. Mura ba kang maka-imagine kang nilaban ni Jesus? Mirisi ninyo, mga salbahis mong nagko. Kanang hayop nga barato raunta kayo, inyong gi-overprice. Wala naman sila choice, especially those who were coming from, a from faraway places. So they need to change their currency and then they need to buy the animal appropriate as offering. Kay kung magdala pa sila, kahayupan nilagikan sa ilang dapit, Dili na makapasar. Kay ang balaod nagingon, the law demands that when you sacrifice the prescribed animal, it has to be without spot and blemish. Imagine nag-ilaha pa ng ibiyahe. Mabunog yun na. Okay? Mabunog yun ng labi ng tiil. Okay? Kung maligid, mabunog ang kilid, dili naman na dawaton. Without spot and without blemish. So the safest thing to do for them, especially those who are coming from a faraway place, is just to bring enough money, travel, and then when they reach the temple area, buy the animals from there. Kaya sigurado jud nga, madawat ang ilahang offering. Kuha ninyo? And kung mulanto ta sa passage, as we will read um, shortly, pati ang mga barato na unta kaayo ng mga animals, Sama sa dove or pigeons. Gimension ni Mark. Sa ito pahasta day po na. Gipamahalan. So, kaninga interpretation, nag-ingon nga, base po sa reaction sa mga tao, ang tinguha ni Kristo, ang gibuhat ni Kristo was just to purify the temple. That's why, kasagaran sa mga uh, title, aning a section sa sa Bible, ang, ang word nga gigamit on sa man, 
Jesus cleanses the temple. Okay? Jesus, muna ay pirmi jud na itong mabasahan. Heading na siya sa Bible and kayo mamina mo mga minsahe. Okay? The cleansing of the temple. The question is, was he really trying to cleanse the temple? Was he really trying to purify the temple? I hope, okay, na mamati tagmayo, this is very, very interesting nga study. Maubagin na ang tumong ni Jesus. Maubagin na iyang gibuhat. Instead, okay, napay usa ka comment nga ganana kong ikuan, if mauna siya ang gibuhat ni Kristo, if mauna intention ni Kristo, if that was the proper and correct interpretation of the action of Jesus when He turned the money changers table, okay, if that was correct, then, kinahanglan nga, ma-prove nato na from the text. When the Bible says that the people who heard His teaching were astonished at His teaching, it meant nga, sa original language, that they they were baffled by it. They were puzzled by it. They were like, wow, what you're doing doesn't make sense. Let me explain. Let me explain. I will explain by using the explanation of a scholar. See, Jacob Njosner, he said in Sayang Libro, in Money Changers in the Temple, the Mishnah's explanation, he said this, the tables were set up to receive the annual half-shekel tax that was required of every Jewish male, and that tax funded the daily sacrifices in the temple for the atonement of sin. So, katong mga tables sa money changers, that was intentionally allowed to be set up in a certain area sa temple, sa temple area, more, more, most probably sa Gentile outer court, or the court of the Gentiles. Ang purpose, Ananiya, was not just to change currencies, but that was also for the purpose of collecting the required tax. Kinaamay temple tax. Ngailang bayaran, and from the collection, kuhaon ang panggasto for the daily sacrifice. Kinaamay daily sacrifice sa Jewish sacrificial system. Kada adlaw mo na, di ba dili man na dapat mahunong ang ilahang mga sacrifices, ilang offerings. Asa man nagikuha? Gikan sa mga taxes nga, gikan sa mga hudiyo. Required na nila. Required na nila. So, when Jesus did what He did, it provoked astonishment since it will have called into question the very simple fact that the daily whole offering effected atonement and brought about expiation of sin or atonement of sin. And God has so instructed Moses in Torah. So, magkusha siya, nga nang imo man ang gipang yabunga, naaman na sa balaod. Actually, muna ilang reaction. Wala sila naingon nga, kana, sige, pangyabuna sila, mga abusado ng daggo. No. A lot of, a lot of the, what we can read, nga mo, try o explain o mag-comment in nga passage, that's the picture they paint in our minds. But a careful study would show otherwise. No, natingala sila actually. Sa ato pa ng panunod, natingala sila. Ano yan mo itong ipang yabo? Asa naman din mo bayad o tax ang mga tao? Kisa naman yung makulikta. Although, 
It doesn't mean nga wala abuses nga nito po. Yes, most probably there were abuses. Most probably there were, you know, overpricing and everything. But that was not what provoked Jesus to do what he did at the temple. See, David Garland in his commentary said this, and he, he made this comment. There is nothing in Mark 11, 15 to 16, that's the so-called cleansing of the temple, that suggests that Jesus' ire over dishonest business practices or profiteering provokes him to attack on the money changers and animal merchants. Why? Notice this. So Matthew 21, verse 12, which is the parallel passage of this section of Mark, said, okay, or indicated, or clearly said, that Jesus threw both the sellers and the buyers. Ang iyang giabog, ang nagbaligya, o ang nagpalit. So, dili ra ang gabaligya. Kiningon man dito sa Matthew 21, verse 12, those who sold and bought in the temple. Kana mo gipang abog ni Jesus. Sa to pa, sayop ang picture nga pagsulod ni Jesus sa templo, ang yang nakita mga overpricing yung mga you know mga matadiro kay para makasabot ha. May mga matadiro dito nga overpricing, unya mo to yang giabog mo yang gi 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 gibuyag. No, hasta ang nagpalit gibuyag ni Jesus. Those who sold and bought in the temple we will know why. In fact, let's ask that question ourselves. So why Jesus, okay, why did Jesus do what he did? Kung ang purpose is to cleanse the temple, to purify the temple from these abuses, these malpractices, di ba, dili mo make sense? Knowing the fact that Jesus knew that this temple will be destroyed. Why would you purify something or reform something you know will be destroyed? Eh, ikaw ko nabi. Kita kagbalay, kay bawo kang gubo na, imupag yung ayuhon. Kuha ninyo? Kita kagbalay ba? Kay bawo juga kani, i-demolish na ni. Imuha po yung ipatiles? So, kabalo si Jesus that the temple will be destroyed. He knew that. In fact, iyahan ang gipanulti sa iyahan mga disipulo. Walay, maskig usa ka bato nga mabili na ni. Kinitanan mapuyhag ni. Kinitanan maguba ni. Walay mabili na ni. Gisulti na ni Kristo. So, kung imo jude yung pamalindungan, it doesn't make sense that he would reform you know, the temple system or, you know, whatever is happening in the temple and purify the temple when he knew and he said it himself that it will be destroyed. So what was the reason behind this act? Again, David Garland offers, I, I believe, he offered the best answer to that question. Now, ang intention ni Jesus was not to reform the temple. Jesus appears in the temple as a charismatic prophet and graphically acts out God's rejection of the temple cult and its coming destruction. See, Sanders in Jesus and Judaism said this, Jesus' actions were designed to make a point rather than to have a concrete result. 
So ang gibuhat ni Jesus, He was acting out God's rejection of the temple. Ang iyahang giataki was the function of the temple. We're making progress here. Jesus does not seek to purify the current temple worship, but symbolically attacks the very function of the temple, and then He announced its destruction. This was an announcement of divine judgment for the entire system which revolve around the temple. This will make sense. So let's read the passage. Hopefully, things will make sense sa toa by God's grace. Let's begin in verse 15. Balikan na nato ang verse 12 and 14 later. Let's look at what happened in the temple first. Verse 15, So they came to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. Then he taught, saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and the chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him, because all the people were astonished at his teaching. When evening had come, he went out of the city. And the parallel passages will inform us he went back to Bethany, most probably in Lazarus's place, Mary and Martha's place, his close friends. So, nisulod si Jesus sa templo. Pagsulod niya, iyang ipangabog ang mga namalit o namaligya dito sa templo. And then, iyang ipangyabo ang mga lamisa sa mga money changers, kanang tigbaylo o uh, kwarta. And then, the seats of those who sold doves, pati na itong namaligyag pigeons. By the way, pigeons, okay, or doves, uh, money ang animal sacrifice required para sa mga quote-unquote, pubre. So, katong dili ka-afford sa ubang classic animals, doves ilaha. This is for the poor. So, kung nakaabot pa ko aning panahon na dove ragid ko kutob siguro, more akong ika-offer. Okay? So, hasta sila giabog. Hasta sila giabog sila ni Jesus. Now, sumapas akong gingong ganina, gituguta na. Gituguta na nga naa sila diha. So, ang pag-abog ni Kristo, dili lang na kuan act of insurgency or just to reform the system of the temple or to purify the temple. He was acting out God's disgust and God's divine judgment on the entire temple activity, the entire temple function. Okay, kung imo nang i-remove din na, kung walay money changers, kung walay mamaligay o mga animal sacrifices, asaman mangitag sacrifice to mga tao ngagikan sa laing lugar so dili sila maka-offer dili sila makahatag silang sacrifice that means wala na dili na sila makabuhat sa kung siyang ilang buhaton religiously kuan ninyo so jesus by removing that by giving them a a live picture a live act of driving it out driving it away telling them to stop doing what they're doing was actually acting out god's divine judgment for the temple. 
Let's look at the quotation from Isaiah. Kay kaning gibuhat ni Jesus when he said, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations was actually a quote from Isaiah 56. But in Isaiah 56 verse 7, more particularly, makita nato din na, let me turn my Bible dito, let me begin with verse 7. Yun siya nga, Even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted in my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. And by the way, Isaiah 56 is talking about the salvation for the Gentiles. So in context, God is talking about the non-Jewish people coming into His temple, receiving God's salvation. If you look at uh, Isaiah 56, this passage is beautiful. It should be important to us, kikita mga Gentiles puta. In this passage, kay mabasana to ang mga promises ni God. His promise of blessing for all who might think that they're excluded from God's salvation. Beginning in verse 3, let me just read some, I mean, some. Isaiah 56. Thus says the Lord, Keep justice and do righteousness, for my salvation is about to come and my righteousness to be revealed. Blessed is the man who does this, and the son of man who lays hold on it, who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Verse 3. Here we see God's promise for those okay, foreigners who would join himself to God's people. Do not let the son of the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord has utterly separated me from his people. Do not let him say that. He's welcome if he wants to join. And then the eunuch. Okay? Nor let the eunuch say, Here I am, I, a dry tree. Why? For thus says the Lord, To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths and choose what pleases me and hold fast my covenant, even to them I will give in my house and within my walls a place and a name better than that of the sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Also, the sons of the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to serve Him and to love the name of the Lord to be servants, everyone who gives from defiling the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant, even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted in my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. It's for all people groups. It's not to be exclusive for the Jews. That's what the Bible says. By the way, sa panahon nila, eunuchs were outcasts. Jesus, kumulanto ka, has been gathering in the impure outcast and the physically maimed and has reached out to the Gentiles. Jesus has been doing that. Kinsang ipang reach out ni Jesus? Samaritan. Okay. Mga Gentiles who were, you know, despised by the Jews, looked down by the Jews. He reached out to them. Katong na mga kapansanan. Those who had the lepers, those who had who were called unclean, gipang reach out na ni Jesus. 
And Jesus expects that the temple okay, would do the same. He expects that the temple will embody the inclusive love of God. The various purity barriers, however, preatong barriers kung ipakita sinyo, have kept them from coming in. The barriers have kept the Gentiles out. Lower class, not acceptable, alienated from the promises related to the kingdom of God. Gentiles were not allowed entry into the temple proper. And in Jesus' day, the temple had become a nationalistic symbol that served only to isolate Israel from the nations. But if it will become what God intended it to be, a house of prayer for all the nations, then walls need to crumble. And they did. Okay? In fact, kung ato ibutang ko, atong kagalingon sa time nga gipanulti ni Jesus, napa siya sa near future, it did happen. Okay? A few years later, the walls crumbled. In fact, dito yun nagsugod sa kamatayo ni Kristo. Pagkamatay ni Kristo, unsa may gisulti sa pulong sa ginoong. Atong mabasahan later sa atong study, Mark 15, 38-39, that the, the veil or the curtain at the temple split from top to bottom. And then, a Gentile Roman soldier confessed, indeed, he is the Son of God. Bungkag yun. Dili man na, kanamit ang maragtira, pasagad lang ang mga detalye sa gibuat din Anong Gentile Roman soldier man dyan ang confess Indeed, he is the Son of God. Because they are welcome. We are welcome. This is very significant. Pagyabu ni Jesus sa mga money changers table, pag-abog niya sa mga gabaligya o gapalito mga hayop, and then he said this, wa ba nagipanulat sa, sa kasulatan? Wa ba ninyo na nabasahan sa kasulatan? My house will be a house of prayer for all nations. Why are you keeping them out? And then a quote from Jeremiah chapter 7. And so Jeremiah chapter 7, which is morning sumpay, you have made it a den of thieves. That's also a quotation from Jeremiah chapter 7. I want to read verse 1 through 16 to give us a whole picture, a context sa quotation ni Jesus, which is very important. Kaya kung ganaan tayo makasabot, nga nung muna gigamit ni Kristo, we need to understand the context of that phrase para kasabutas iyahang meaning. Okay? Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 1, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all you of Judah who enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Do not trust in these lying words, saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. For if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, if you do not oppress the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, or walk after other gods to your herd, then I will cause you to dwell in this place in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever. Behold, you trust in lying words that cannot profit. 
Will you steal and murder and commit adultery, swear falsely, burn incense to Baal, and walk after other gods whom you do not know, and then come and stand before me in the house which is called by my name and say, we are delivered to all these abominations? Has this house which is called by my name become a den of thieves in your eyes? Behold, I, even I, have seen it, says the Lord. But go now to my place which was in Shiloh, where I set my name at, at the first, and see what I did to it because of the wickedness of my, of my people Israel. And now because you have done all these works, says the Lord, and I spoke to you rising up early and speaking, but you did not hear, and I called you, but you did not answer. Therefore, I will do to the house which is called by my name, in which you trust. And to this place which I gave to you and your fathers, as I have done to Shiloh, and I will cast you out of my sight, and I have cast you, as I have cast you, as cast out all your brethren, the whole posterity of Ephraim. Therefore, do not pray for these people, nor lift up a cry of prayer for them, nor make intercession for me, for I will not hear. Did you hear that? So, mangawat mo, murder mo, you worship other gods like Baal, you commit adultery, and then you come to my house, to the temple of the Lord, and think that you are delivered from my judgment, that you have been protected from my judgment. Has this become a den of thieves? Has my house become a den of thieves for you? Mauna context ng ni Jesus. So, when he said, you have made this a den of robbers or den of thieves, that term, that reference coming from Jeremiah 7 denounces the false security that the sacrificial cult breeds. The den, remember this, as we can infer from the context, okay, is a place where robbers retreat after having their Crimes committed elsewhere. So, name siyang place of refuge. Place of security. Name mo siyang hideout. Kung ato pa nang uh, i-layman's term. Jesus then, ang yang gibuhat, is calling the temple a den of robbers, indirectly attacking them for allowing the temple to degenerate into becoming a safe hiding place, a hideout, a place of refuge and security where people think that they are, for, they are forgiven of their sins and they have fellowship with God no matter how they live outside the temple. So ang message ni, ni Jesus, which was the divine judgment of God for what was happening in the temple. So, Okay ra diay mapatuyang ka sa imong kinabuhi sa gawas as long as mo anik ka sa temple mo hatag sa imong offering and you think you're forgiven and you think you're protected from my from my judgment you have made the temple a den of thieves to have false security false assurance nga okay ra koy okay ra lang magpakasala ta mo hatag lang ko sa required Offering, that's it. What Jesus is attacking here is exactly the same attitude, the same mindset that Paul 
was attacking in Romans 5 towards the end and at the beginning of Romans chapter 6. So, in order for grace to abound, you continue in sin. Because God is gracious and God is forgiving. Okay ra na magpatuyang ka sa imong kinabuhi? God forbid! No! You can't do that. If you are a person who truly has a relationship with God, Paul is saying, let me inform you, you have been set free from the power of sin. You are no longer a slave of sin. So stop living like one. Exactly the same mindset. So okay ra, magpatuyang sila. You know, they commit their crimes and then they just take refuge at the temple. Just give your offering, you're safe. So you commit murder. You know, you offer to bail. You commit adultery. You know, you do all of these sinful things and then you come to my house, give the offering, and you think, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. You trust in lying words. That's not the truth. God's divine judgment on the temple itself. So, the leaders thought that they could rob widow's house, Mark 12, and then perform the prescribed sacrifices according to the patterns and the prescribed times in a sacred place, and then be safe and secure from all harm. mindset. So the sanctuary, or the temple, supposedly sanctified by God, has become a place for bandits who think they're protected from God's judgment. Interestingly, <laughs> Jeremiah 7.11, where the Bible says, or God says, I have been watching, matches with what Jesus said in Mark 11, verse 11, when, he said, when, when the Bible says, Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple. And so when he had looked around at all things, as the hour was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Interestingly, diba? by the way, dilit ni Sulagma, dilit ni accident. Nga ang gipamulong sa ginoo sa Jeremiah chapter 7, I have been watching, maupoy gibuhat ni Jesus sa Mark 11, 11, and the next day he came in and he quoted from Jeremiah chapter 7. Kay mo ginaitinood nga nahitabo sa templo. Nahimo siyang hideout sa mga tao nga naa sa pagpakasala. And so Jesus drove it out, acting out God's divine judgment on the temple. Kuhaan niyo? That's what he was doing. He was not cleansing the temple. He was not purifying the temple. He was not trying to reform the temple. He was pronouncing God's judgment on Jerusalem and the temple. That's why the title of my message is Jesus Judged Jerusalem. Daily, Jesus cleansed the temple. He will not cleanse it because it will be destroyed. He will be replaced. So, balik na sa fig tree. Okay na. Kuha na ninyo ang buot pasabot sa naitabot sa temple. 
So that when you go back to the cursing of a fig tree, verse 12, now the next day when they had come out from Bethany and he was hungry and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. So the cursing of a fig tree. And then verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed, after Nanisa nahitabo sa temple, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter remembering said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you curse has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And then in verse 25 he says, And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive... Neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. The cursing of the fig tree, and then the lessons from the cursing of the fig tree. Jesus cursed the fruitless fig tree that only had leaves. So, by the way, kita di sila kabalo sila kay wak may fig tree dere, okay? Sa ilaha daw, ang fig tree, ang season normally, nasa summertime sila ha, which is around August to October. Okay? Kanina itabo, sometime around this time. So, di ka maka-expect, but naay gitawag nila og harvest before the harvest. So, kung ang fig tree na ay dawon, supposedly, naagog kayo makitang bunga na. Supposedly. But kining a feature interestingly naasay daghang dahon pero wala gud siya bunga. And dili tungod kay gigutom siya pag adto niya frustrated siya. Tuman man man tao. Abi na kog naani bunga o mani bunga. Ako na lang ning tunglon oi aron malaya ni. Mura siya batang walay buot ana. Ang gibuhat ni Jesus he took that as an object that he can use to give his disciples a mental picture of God's judgment that he was about to announce when he enter, enters the temple. So, purabir sila ni sa temple, gipakita na niya daan sa iyahang mga disipulo. Ngani, nakadungog sila, nga iyahang gitunglo ang fig tree. That was to be a picture of his judgment towards Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. The fig tree, okay, if you read Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 1, especially Hosea 9, verse 10, okay, the fig tree is always associated with the nation. And like this fruitless fig tree, Israel had nothing but leaves. The nation failed to be fruitful for God. This barren fig tree represents the barrenness of the temple Judaism that is unprepared to accept Jesus as their messianic king. So, pag pagbuhat ni Jesus ato, iyan ang gitagag hulagway ang mga disipulo. 
sa paghukom nga iyahang iproklamar dito sa templo. Nakita na nila. Nana sila vivid nga picture in their mind of what Jesus will do. Although, wa nila na nakonect dayon. That's why after sa naitabo sa temple, Jesus, after, you know, paglabay nila, gi brought up ni Peter, dito na niya gi-explain unsa ang kahulugan okay, sa pagtunglo niya sa kahoy. Salvation, which was in the Jewish mind, naasa offerings sa temple. Now ships okay, from the temple to Jesus through His death and resurrection. Faith in Him, that's why He brought up niyang topic about faith, will become the way to God. No longer the sacrificial system. The sacrifices of animals in the temple. When Jesus dies, monang nahiwa ang kurtina. Kay dili na ang ang path to the holy of holies, ang path towards God is no longer through the sacrificial system in the temple. Now it's through Jesus Christ. Ogningon pa dina nakita ni Peter, Rabbi, the fig tree which you curse has withered away. And that phrase withered away indicated. Nga sugod yun, sa gamot, abot yun sa tumoy. Nalawos siya. Nalaya agad siya. Almost instantaneously. O sarakaadlaw. Na-amaze sila sa ilahang nakita. The fig tree withered from the roots conveys that the temple's condemnation is not temporary. Mabuhi pa ba rin ang kahoy nga malaya sugod sa gamot? Hindi, no, yung patay na gina. Okay? So, tungod kay Motoy Hulagway sa judgment ni God towards the Temple of Jerusalem, it gives us okay, insight that God's judgment for the Temple is not temporary. The tree with its leaves gives the impression that there might be some fruit to it, but it is a false advertisement that covers its fruitlessness. Sama sa Temple. Busy kayo every Passover, seeking an offering. You think that people are worshiping God. You think that people are serving the Lord. You think that people are devoting themselves to the Lord. When in reality, they have not. It has become a false place of refuge for them. They continue a sinful lifestyle and think that if I can keep offering the required offerings, I'm safe. Jesus says, no, you're not. Munang iyanggi judge ang temple. The temple profits only for the priestly hierarchy. It profits nothing to God, says one Bible scholar. And pag-emphasize ni Jesus of faith and prayer, gireveal niya unsay essence of the new order. The temple is now judged. The judgment is not temporary. It is good for, for life. Wala na na siya. And now it will be replaced by Him. And makainamdam sa mga pulong ni Jesus, di ba? Ningyang ni Sampos, destroy this temple and I will raise it up in three days. And we realize, okay, that He was talking about Himself. The new temple. The new way to God. New, quote-unquote. Kaya nga naman, 
ang kaniatong ang, ang ang dalan padulong sa Ginoo pinaagi man sa templo so good ato ni Jesus now you come to the father through me he's the new way he's the new temple in fact the temple was supposed to be okay anjaman hulagway siya sa kung unsa si Kristo pagabot niya kita sa new testament kasabot na tana so Jesus emphasized faith and prayer because that's the essence of the new order that replaces the old. The new way is based on faith in God that overcomes this mountain, this insurmountable odd. It's sustained by grace and characterized by forgiveness. Interestingly, niyana si Jesus, Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, wala siya nga, whoever says to a mountain, this is another danger Okay, sa pag-interpret sa scripture. Diba kadaghanan kung naay mo tudlo ani or naay mo hatag devotion ka bay nani mingon din nga that mountain can be your problems, your, you know, challenges in life. No, consider the context he says, whoever says to this mountain, asa man siya dapita atong panahon He was at the temple mount. He was at the temple area ka ang temple na man siya sa bungtod. Elevated man na. He says, whoever says to this mountain, be cast into the sea and believe without a doubt, that will happen to him. In other words, if nakakuha ka sa punto ni Cristo, nga kining buluhaton sa templo, nga mo'y gituhuan, that, you know, the, the function of the temple which was supposed to bring people to God, now it will be replaced. Ilabay na siya dito sa dagat. By the way, kanang Kanang sea was always a picture of judgment for them. That's called the abyss. Okay? Place of the dead. Wala na na. And if you believe without doubt in your heart, it will be done to you. What will be done to you? Don't say functions at temple. Para makasabutas gimini Jesus, it will be done to you. What was the function of the temple? Atonement of sin. To have a right relationship with God. Now, to have a right relationship with God is no longer through offering the sacrifices, but through faith in Christ. The one who will replace the temple. Now, the way to God and the way to forgiveness is through faith in Jesus. Let me just point out one more thing before we end. If you look at the life of Christ during His ministry, Jesus has been taking the place of the temple. During His ministry, He has been taking the place of the temple. He's been taking the role of the temple unto Himself. Jesus announced forgiveness of sins. Dito ramuntan sa templo ni mo makuha. Kinaaraman dito ang presensya sa ginoo. Okay? So, if you're, 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 you're a person, you want to be forgiven of your sins, you want to be atoned of your sins, you go to the temple with the appropriate prescribed sacrifice, you give it to the high priest, and then the high priest will declare, your sins have been atoned. But Jesus has been going around declaring, you've been forgiven, your sins are forgiven. That was the function of the temple. Jesus has been taking that to himself during his ministry. And then he heals the sick. Same thing. Same thing. Ang ugnakay sakit, makuha ka prescribed na sacrifice, you give it to the priest, and the priest will pronounce, okay, you're clean. Okay na ka, wala na kay sakit. 
And he restored persons to society. You're no longer unclean. Function man as a temple. But Jesus, during his ministry, by healing people, restoring people to society, announcing and declaring forgiveness of sins, he has been taking the role of the temple unto himself. Why? Because Jesus is the new way to God. In fact, Jesus is the way to God. No longer through the sacrificial system at the temple. And as a Gentile, you should be rejoicing for that. Dapat kang malipayana. Brothers and sisters, imagine na good kung wa pa na nausob. Unsa may ipliti na ito, sikig atog Jerusalem kada tuig. Could you imagine if that has not changed? We would need to book our tickets every year to go to Jerusalem and, you know, bring enough money to buy, to buy the, the, the prescribed sacrifices there and do it there. Okay? Sa ako, practically, dapat kita magpasalamatan But there are some lessons nga I want us to be challenged. Jesus, here's the truth. Jesus is the Savior of the world. He's the Savior of all people groups. He's the Savior of all nations without Barriers. Kabulong mong unsaray barrier? Unbelief. Unbelief. But once you believe, He will accept you. He said, whoever believes in me shall not perish but have everlasting life. He said in John 1, whoever believes in me, okay, whoever receives me, he will receive the right to become a child of God, even to those who believes on His name. So I have a few questions as we end. Let's not be too quick to, to judge the people in the time of Christ. This is Why not consider our own lives and our own ministry? And this is where the rubber meets the road. So when people look at us, when people look at GrowPoint, Will they see a community of believers and then will they say, you know, that's a house of prayer for all the nations. You know, as a pastor of Group Point, that, that, wow, I was like, Lord, help us. Have mercy on us. When, when people look at Group Point, when they look at this building, will they think this is a house of prayer? And everybody's welcome. I can run there. Everybody's welcome. That means all people groups. How many were meanings of word in nations? People group. When they look at growth point, they say, all pe everybody's welcome there. That's a house of prayer. Or, let's ask ourselves this question. When we come to church for worship services like this, do we come to, quote unquote, cover up our sins? and to maintain a public reputation that we are worshipers, or do we come honestly okay, to worship and glorify God? Because sa panahon nito, moment nag ni Jesus. Ang yung condemn is, you only come here just to, you know, uh, go with the flow, monony culture, monony usual, but then your hearts are far from God. You're not really there to worship God. You're just there to you know, get the false assurance that no matter how I live outside the temple, that's okay because if I can only give the prescribed offering, I'm safe. 
And we can have that kind of attitude even in this age of grace, in this church age. Nga, okay, for as long as I can come to church, it doesn't matter what happens from Monday to Saturday as long as I'm in church on Sunday. No, that's the very attitude that God condemns. Worship, okay, which is expressed through faith and prayer and forgiveness is to be part of our daily communion with God. Daily walk with the Lord. And lastly, have you received God's forgiveness by faith through Jesus Christ? Or are you trusting in your religious activities to hopefully give you salvation? Money mindset sa mga Save ko if I can give the offering. Jesus says, no, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes unto the Father except through me. Have you received God's forgiveness? It is available for you through Jesus Christ. Repent from your sin and ask Christ to save you. Now, lastly, if you're here and you're a believer, but you're living in sin, come before the Lord and ask God's forgiveness. Repent and ask the Spirit's help. Lord, I do not want to go back to my sinful lifestyle. Have a fresh start with God today. Walk with God. Worship Him. Glorify Him every day of your life. May the Lord bless us.